Hey, it's Cody Woodard, pastor of Renovation Church in Gallatin, Tennessee. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast today. I hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and helps you see that God wants to do something new in and through your life. Enjoy the message. Anybody thankful we have a God that's a way maker? Come on. Doesn't depend on your feelings. He's faithful. Y'all just give it up for our worship team that's leading us in worship. More than just singing a song, thank you. What an incredible morning. Um, it's not just a new year, but it's a new decade. Are you ready for it? I want to start out and I want to read a prayer that Paul prays to the church of Philippi while he's sitting in a Roman prison cell. And uh, I want this prayer to be something you hear over you today. That is my prayer for you over this next year as you seek God, as you are coming into this place for whatever reason, I want you to know that he is here and he is here now and that he wants to meet you. So this is a a prayer that Paul prays in Philippians 1. I'm just going to read it from verse 9. It says this. It says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That your love may abound more and more. Let's read verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually, say actually, what's happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So today to kick off 2020, kick off our series, We Can't Stop, I want to talk to you about the growth gap. The growth gap. Can I pray for you? Father, thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for your word. We just thank you for an incredible time to to get to worship you. God, we praise you for who you are. And even though we can't always feel it, we can't see it, God, that you are faithful to finish the work that you started. That when we lack faith, God, we can look to you knowing that you never do that you are always faithful, that you are always God, that you are always good, that you are always with us. And so no matter what we face in this new year, God, we know that you're with us in it and that you have a promise for it. And so, Father, as you speak today, God, speak to our hearts, do the work only you can do. God, get me out of the way. But God, would you just meet us here? Would you help us get here? Would you remove distractions? God change us so that we can walk out better than we came in. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Hey, give somebody a high five, a handshake, or a kiss. And tell them two words. Tell a neighbor two words. Say, tighten up. Come on, say it a little louder. Tighten up. Woo. It's one, look, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I am so proud of my Titans. Come on. Tom Brady is not winning a Super Bowl this year. All right. Amen. Look, if you can shout about the Tennessee Titans and 
how we might make it past the Ravens, you can shout today too. So if you're, if you were, uh, if you're new here, um, it's my honor and privilege that you would come and spend a Sunday with us. My name's Cody Woodard. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, man, I just love to, I love that you're in this place. And I believe that God is going to move in a special way today. And, and I just want you to know, whether you're here for the first time or not, um, that we, we, we love you and that we're here for you. And so I know you're kicking off a new year and this is a time maybe where you come back to church maybe for the first time in a long time. And I just want to say to you, this is a place where you can belong before you believe. And you ain't got to have it all figured out because none of us do. Amen? Amen. But I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, the 1030 service is a rowdy service. And if you're new here, I need you to be rowdy. I I don't need you to just come hear me preach, but help me preach. All right? If you can shout for the Titans, you can shout today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, Well, today I want to... I want to talk to you about the growth gap. It's something God's put on my heart now for a while. And really because this time of the year is a time where all of us, um, we want to grow. And so how many of you have set New Year's resolutions? Anybody? Like three people. Wow. (laughs) You know why? Because by February, we all fail them anyway, right? How many of you, though, have set maybe a word for the year? Anybody set a word for the year? Yep, that's it. There's a lot more people. And kind of the reason why you, you do those things and why you set a word for the year is because it gives you an idea on how to focus maybe your year. And, and maybe as you have to make decisions, you ask God to give you that word to speak into it. And so last year, my word was planted, and it came from Psalm 1, where it talks about that blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the way of the wicked or sit in the seat of scoffers, but his, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on the law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in season and whose leaf never withers. That was my word for last year, planted. And how many of you know that where you're positioned matters? Like where you are positioned or where the seed is planted oftentimes is is more important than what the seed actually is. And so here's here's what the thing I'm not a huge fan of about New Year's resolutions is because here's what we tend to do. Tell me if I'm wrong. Um, What we tend to do is we look back last year, 2019, and what we tend to remember are our failures. Do you agree? And what happens when you remember your failures, maybe the things you didn't do that you wish you would have done, or maybe the things you did do that you wish you didn't do, you know, that long night on a Friday night you wish you could get back. Um, we We start regretting some of the things from the past. And what we tend to do with New Year's resolutions is we set this year's resolutions and last year's failures and ex- expect different results. Like we will we'll set the, my goals for this year are based upon my failures from the last one. And what I love about Psalm 1, the reason why I made that word planted is because there's something key in there. It's not just that, he, that, that the man is planted in God's word, but that where he's planted is important. That he's planted by streams of water. Some versions say along the riverbank. You know where he's not planted? He's not planted in the middle of the field. And do you know why that's significant? Because being planted next to the riverbank means you are connected to a source. Being connected into a, being in a field means you rely on a resource. And the problem with so many of us, the reason why we don't succeed maybe at our resolutions is because we're not planted to the source. We're relying on the resource to give us the growth. You with me? And so I just want to encourage you with this. Like, instead maybe of this year of setting goals or a word or whatever it may be, based upon last year's failures and planting that seed in a failure, here's what I believe. I believe you're doing better than you think you are. 
That's why we, have this, we titled this series, We Can't Stop. Because I think there are some things that you're, you've done this year and that you're still doing that God's saying to you, you know what? You can't stop. That you need to continue to do that. And so rather than planning or, or, or making new resolutions with new things, so like what we tend to do is we say, okay, here are all of the new things I'm going to start or maybe the old things I'm going to stop. What if this year what God is telling you is, is, hey, listen, I want you to think about the things that you did this past year that were good. I want you to think about those moments you may have had that you're proud of, that you're like, man, I wish I did that more. And it doesn't have to be super over-the-top spiritual. Maybe for some of you it's like, hey, I went to the gym two times. Come on, right? <laughs> but maybe here's, here, here's a way to think about this. Maybe instead of planning your resolution in a failure, what if you just committed to do consistently what you did occasionally? Isn't that the key to growth? Consistency over time equals growth. You can say, I'm going to start going to the gym today, but guess what? When you wake up tomorrow, you're going to look the same, right? And by February, here's what happens. Um, late at night especially, there's a calling from the refrigerator. <laughs> and it ain't from the Brussels sprouts. It's from the Briars. And then you fill that one, right? So I just want to encourage you as you make resolutions and you um, maybe pick a word for the year. I just want to encourage you to maybe think about man, maybe the things you are doing well. Matter of fact, why don't you do this real quick? If you have a pen and paper, um, write this down. You can pull out your phone. You're not going to fit me. Just don't play Candy Crush. It's not that fun anyway. Um, write down maybe three, to, three or four or five things that, you know, you go, you know, I did that occasionally. What would happen in my life if I did it consistently? What happened if, you know that time I, I met the need of, I saw somebody struggling and I, I did something about it. I had compassion on them. I want to do more of that, you know? Or maybe, maybe it's, you did go to the gym one time. Maybe you just need to make that a consistent habit. Or maybe you, maybe when you think back to your, your family and you're like, you know, there were times where I was so present and I just had these moments with my kids. And I just want that every day. So maybe it's not starting something new or stopping something old. Maybe it's just doing something consistently that you did occasionally. Because growth happens over time. It's consistency over time that leads to growth. And so oftentimes what we do, y'all, is we, we think that the way we, the way we grow maybe or the way we take steps forward or the way we become the people God has called us to be is we believe that it's by doing more or doing less. But what if I told you that it's not about you doing anything? What if I told you the key to growth isn't about you striving, isn't about you trying to, to muster up enough energy to do more and do more? Let me just let you know now, if you've tried this before, doing more leads to exhaustion. You get tired. And so what if the key to growth is something different? And... John chapter 15, Jesus is traveling with his disciples and he's on his way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And on his way to the garden, he passes through something called the Kidron Valley. And in the Kidron Valley, there's a vineyard and that's kind of the context I want to read to you from. And it's important because position is, it's important. And so in John chapter 15, I'm just going to read four and five and I hope that it makes sense to you. Here's what it says. It says, remain in me. As I also remain in you. 
No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Somebody say nothing. You can do, you can do nothing. Now, when Jesus is teaching this and when he's telling them this in the middle of this vineyard, he's not telling them how to have a healthy and successful New Year's. But he is giving them the key to have a healthy life. And what he tells them isn't doing more or doing less. But what he tells them is that the key to growth, the way that you bear fruit, the way that you glorify me with your life, isn't by straining, it's by remaining. Write that down. It's not by straining, but it's by remaining. It's by remaining in him like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in season. And everything it does prospers. Why? Because it's connected to the right source. I wonder if the reason why you may not feel like you're growing or the reason why you feel like you consistently fail or when you think about things in your life that you're ashamed of and that you regret, I wonder if it has to do with simply where you're positioning your life. Where are you resting in? Are you positioned near a source that never runs dry or are you planted your life out in the middle of a field and you rely on the resource and the rain to bring you success let me make this plain for you for some of us the reason why we don't ever experience peace in our life is because we're planted out in the middle of the field what i mean is is that some of you think that peace will come from your job from your resource and so if it rains and job's going good i have peace if if I, if I could get out of debt, then I would have peace. If I could get a woman, then I would have peace. If I could get a man, no, you won't. You will not have peace, right? Like, you, what happens is, is oftentimes in life when we make decisions, we plant ourselves in the wrong place, and therefore we get the wrong result. We, we plant ourselves and we rely on the resources of this life to fill us up rather than rely on the source that gives us life. So the way that you're going to grow this year, the way that growth happens... It's consistency over time. It's growth. It is by remaining. It is by being connected to the source. See, your responsibility isn't the outcome. Your responsibility is obedience. Let me say that again. You didn't catch it. Your responsibility isn't the outcome. That's God's. Your responsibility is obedience. It's the key to growth. That we talk about consistency, what I'm talking about is obedience over time is what leads to growth. God is the one that causes the growth, but it's up to you on where you plant the seed. And so he's like, I want you to, to, to plant your life in good soil, in the source, and trust that I'm going to provide what you need in order to grow. To remain in Jesus. And so here's what I want to do. I'm going to, uh, I want to do an illustration that maybe I, I seen a year or two ago that really helped me kind of understand what we call the growth gap. And this growth gap, what I mean by that is that right now in life, you're here. And every year, every day maybe for some of you, you think about who you want to be. You think about the person that you believe God's called you to. You think about the person that, that you want to become. You think about the job you want to have. You think about your calling. You think about your purpose in life. Anybody with me? So we, 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 we are here and we think about what's ahead, but oftentimes during this year, we also 
think about what's behind. And so we'll get discouraged because when we look behind us, we think about the things that we failed at, and therefore we don't have the faith to move forward. And so there are two gaps that every one of you have. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I got gaps. Turn to your second choice and tell them, you got gaps. But we have gaps. And every one of us have two gaps, and you need both of them. There is a gap between who you are and who you want to become. There's a gap. And then there's a gap between who you are and who you used to be. It's a gap. You need both of these gaps to grow. So let me, let me just grab two people to come up here. I don't, I don't see the people from last service. So let me just get some volunteers. Any vol- Lily, come on. Stuart. Stuart, come on, man. Y'all give it up for Stuart. Now, definitely, y'all can clap for him. That's okay. Don't boost his head too much. Um, let me move this out of the way. And, and, and here's what I want you to do. Um, Stuart, you're going to be, you definitely got to be who I used to be. All right. You're going to be here who I used to be. Just stand here, here, yeah, yeah. And, and Lily, you're definitely going to be who I want to be, become. Right here, right? That's good. Just use right here. That's great. All right. So Stuart is definitely who I used to be, you know? That's him. And Lily is who I want to become. But there's a gap between who I used to be and who I want to become. And so how do you grow in the gap? Well, I've already told you it's by remaining, but I want to show it to you. So here's the thing. In order for you to move forward into the life God has called you to, in order for you to take your next step, sometimes before you can move forward, you got to look back. And looking back ain't always pretty. Trust me. (laughs) And so in order for you to move forward, oftentimes you have to look back and you have to remember who you used to be. Now, when we look back, what oftentimes we do is we think about the, regret, the regrets I made. I don't know, you just kind of look like me a little bit and just like me back in the day, you know? Um, you think about the regrets you made, but here, here's what I, I said this earlier. I think you're doing better than you think you are, and so here's what you need to do with your past when you look back. You need to make some revisions. Don't let your reflection in the past lead you to regret. Lead it to revisions. And what I mean is, in, in this passage I read to you about, about Paul's prayer to the church of Philippi, he says, verse 12, he says, don't get it twisted. Because on the outside, I'm in prison. And you might think that I'm not doing well because my situation isn't what I want it to be. Anybody there? My situation doesn't look pretty. So you may be thinking that I don't want to be here, that I hate it, that I'm miserable, that I just want to die, like whatever it is. And he says, but don't get it twisted brothers and sisters, because that's my version, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. So some of you need to take a look back at your past and you need to make some revisions and go, you know what? I thought it was a bad thing back then, but actually, it served me well today. I remember a little over a year ago when we were getting ready to plant this church. If you didn't know, our church is now like two months old, you know, we're just starting to like wink and cry a little bit. Um, but I remember, I remember uh, a little over a year ago, there had something happen in my life that really I haven't shared on a platform before other than maybe last service, um, that, man, it was hard. One of the hardest things we ever went to, we had just had our son Tatum, and he was a couple months old, and I left my previous church that I loved, things were going well, healthy, left really well, and I, and I took this opportunity Because it just seemed like it was the right thing. It seemed like God was calling me there. And you know what? I believe God did call me there. 
but it didn't look like I thought it would look. The destination don't always look like what you think it's going to look like. Amen? And so I get there. I take a job as a lead pastor at a church in Nashville. There's probably 10 people. And within about an eight-week period, Jessica's on maternity leave. And within about an eight-week period, um, we go from 10, you know, 10 people to like 100. And we're growing really quick. And things are going really well. And it was like, man, this is what I felt called to do. I mean, it was in the inner city. I love, I love diversity. We want to be a church that looks like our city, right? And I'm in Nashville, and things are going really great. And then all of a sudden, I started to discover that there were some things going on behind the scenes that I wasn't aware of. And as I started to dig into that and try to figure out what was really going on, it became really evident to me that even though it didn't make sense in my mind, even though it was difficult, even though it was discouraging, even though it made me question every decision I'd made in my life, I knew I was supposed to do what I did next. I left. Because I couldn't be a part of something that was unhealthy. I couldn't, I couldn't be a part of something that, like what was going on. And Jessica was on maternity leave, unpaid, and I quit. And we had no idea how we were even going to pay our next bill. So when I look back at that and I think about the pain, I think about the hurt, I think about everything that I experienced in that season. And then I think about where I'm at now. Man, I am so thankful for that season of my life. You know why? Because what had happened to me actually served to advance the gospel. Because you and I wouldn't be sitting here if that hadn't had happened. How many of you know have had something happen in your life that when you look back, you go, you know what? It may have sucked then and I may never want to go through it again, but I'm glad that that happened because I wouldn't be who I am today. Amen. So we, we look back and here's the thing. What happens is, is like when I look back, I think about who I was and I think about in high school how I found my identity and, and, and my popularity and in sports and, and, and esteem and being liked and loved and approved by people and, and I was lost. And I thought that Christianity, I thought it had everything to do with just following some rules and going to church every now and then. Just following Ten Commandments. I screw up, just say, hey, I'm sorry, forgive me, and I'm good. That it's all about what I do and don't do, and hopefully, like Santa Claus, I make the nice list and get to heaven. That's what I believed. And I made some dumb decisions back in that time. But you know, I learned some things too. So you can't go back in your past, but you can learn from it. And, and I remember the moment I gave my life to Christ in college. And I remember my guy saying, hey, listen, in this moment, in this moment, God has saved you. He has lavished you in his grace. He has made you a new person. The old is gone. The new has come. You have been justified, been made right before God. He's given you a new spirit and placed a new heart in you. Amen. Mm -hmm. That's the truth about salvation. But do you know what a lot of us believe? We believe that when we come to Christ, that the gap disappears. That salvation takes the gap away. Y'all ain't hear me. Um, that grace takes the gap away. Here's the reality you need to understand. Grace don't take away the gap. Grace fills it. And, and so I remember thinking that, you know what, now that I'm saved, I, I should just all of a sudden become, I'm new. I'm good. Grace, I'm a new person. I'm good. But here's the reality I learned. And here's what you know. Because you've taken some steps. You may have given your life to Christ years ago, and now you've kind of walked a little bit, and you've seen, and now you have a gap from who you used to be. But here's the reality. Even if you've been saved, you still got gaps. 
because I'm not who I want to be. And so what you have to do is you have to look at who you want to be, who God's called you to be, and you got to look back and think about who you used to be. Because you don't realize you're growing in the middle. You don't realize you're growing when you're growing. The way you can know that you've grown is you need to look back and go, man, a year ago, there ain't no way I'd have been sitting in a church. Ten years ago, I would have looked like Stuart. (laughs) But now I don't. No, I'm just kidding. We call this the confidence gap. When you look back, instead of it allowing you to have a bunch of regret, why don't you let it give you confidence that not in yourself, but in who God is. See, in this prayer that he prays to the church of Philippi, Paul says that, I pray this because I know that he is faithful to finish the work he had started. So I can face this next season, even if I'm in prison, Paul, Even if I don't understand, even if my circumstance isn't favorable, even if everybody else thinks what I'm going through, there's no way I can be happy. There's no way I can have faith. There's no way there can be a God. There's no way that anyone can love me. Even though I can face here, I can look back and go, you know what? I have confidence that God is with me because if I came from there and I'm here now, he's going to finish the work he started. That you, you, you look back and you stand on the promise of who God is. And so you look back and you take the promise that God gave you last season and you apply it in the middle for this one. And then you got who you, who you want to be. This is who I want to be. There's some complications there with the gender thing, but you know, it's 2020, I guess, whatever, right? No, I'm kidding. Um, moving on. Uh, it's who I want to be. There's a gap. But then there's a gap also between who I want to be and who I am. And so here's the misconception that we have called this gap, the challenge gap. And the misconception is that if I do all of the right stuff, I'll get there. So for you, it may say, you know what? I want to have faith even when I don't see it working, even when I don't feel it working. I want to have faith when hard times come. I want to have patience with my kids at 10 a.m. because they're on my last nerve already. I want to have peace, and I want to have patience with my husband who's on my last nerve. Look right ahead. Don't look at him. Don't look at him. (laughs) Just be like, what's happening right now? So for some of you, we think that, you know what, if I just, if I do the right stuff, Cody, what's the three-step program on how to grow? Mm. can't give it to you because you're not in charge of the growth. You're in charge of your obedience. And so we think that if I do the right steps, if I go to church, I get there. If I memorize scripture, I get there. If I read the Bible, I get there. Now, those are great things to help you grow. Don't get me wrong, all right? If I stop doing this and start doing this and I and I break this habit and put in a new habit and I whatever, like that's where we think, and one day I will arrive. But here's the problem, you'll never arrive. The day you arrive at the destination is the day you die. Because when you arrive, you get arrogant. See, what happens in your relationship with God is that by growing, when we talk about growing, when we talk about that he wants to increase your love and aboundly like more and more and more in wisdom and depth of insight and knowledge, here's what, here's what we're talking about. When we grow, 
we are, we are growing in our knowledge of who God is and his greatness. And then at the same time, we're growing in our knowledge of who we are in our brokenness. So here's what can happen. As you grow, as you grow in your faith and take a step, you, you know who God is a little bit more. But if you're not careful, your knowledge of God can lead you to arrogance because you think you've arrived. Anybody know any arrogant people that think they know, all, know it all? I'm guilty of this sometimes, thinking I know all the answers the Bible has. I don't. But if you're not careful, that's what happens. As you grow in your relationship with God, as your knowledge of God increases, your arrogance can too. And then at the same time, as your knowledge of God increases, what you'll learn is that he then shows you who you really are. And then all of a sudden, the sin that you're struggling with right now, you start realizing there's some deeper stuff that you weren't aware of. That the Holy Spirit that he placed in you on the day of salvation begins to convict you of things underneath the surface. And then you start thinking about, why do I think the way I think? Why do I feel the way I feel? It's not just about what I do on the outside anymore. Now, like, I'm jacked up. I'm broken. I got some evil thoughts. And if you're not careful, you'll feel like you're defeated, which will lead to depression. Feel like you have no purpose. You have no hope because you beat yourself up over and over. Now, the same grace that set me free in this gap is the same grace that sustains me in this one. So as your knowledge of who God is increases and your knowledge of who you are increases, grace has to as well. So let me, let me illustrate like this. She's the destination, right? The reality is, is that you'll never arrive. Because your destination and God's destination don't always look the same, right? How many of you know this? You got a picture in your mind that you think, if I just got there, I'd be good. That's the goal. You know, a year ago, today, on this day, we announced that we were launching this church. And initially, my goal, my end goal is if we can just get to launch. And guess what? We got to launch, and then guess what? That destination moved again, right? So here's what happens. When you take a step forward and you grow, when I take a step, you take a step. When I move, you move. Just like, okay. Ready? <laughs> Sorry. When I move, you move. take a step. I'm doing what I feel like I can do to grow. Take a step. I'm getting closer to my destination. I'm making it. And the reality is, is you can become discouraged really quick because you never get to the destination. But that's because it moves. And there's still two gaps. This gap makes me grateful. This gap makes me grow. So the reality is, is that you'll never get here. And you'll always be in the gap. You'll always find yourself in the middle. It's a process. Now, you, salvation, life with God, salvation happens in a moment justified, made right. You're saved. He deposits the Holy Spirit in you. He gives you a new heart, a new life. Happens in a moment. That's justification. But life is a process called sanctification. It's becoming more like Christ. The goal is to become more like Jesus, right? So you're justified in a moment. You're sanctified over a lifetime. Making sense? 
So you are in process. And so the way you grow in the middle is you remain in the gap. The gap between who I was and who I want to be. Because grace is distributed in the gap. Jesus Christ comes down into the world and is with you and I in the middle. Salvation isn't just about getting there one day when. It's not just about me dying so I can go to heaven one day. That's great. That's awesome. That will happen. The destination one day, if you are in Christ, you're going to spend eternity with God. But guess what? I used to preach it like this. Where, where are you going to go today if you die? But now I say it like this. Where are you gonna, how are you going to live if you don't? What if you don't die? Anybody planning on dying today? Me neither. So how are you going to live in the middle, in the process, if you don't die? God says, I want you to grow in me. Y'all can go ahead and sit down. Y'all know you have been sitting up here a long time. I hope y'all took good notes for them. They're like, man, my feet are hurting. I'm in front of all these people. So the way that you and I, the way that we grow is we stay connected to Jesus. That we invite him into the process. We don't just say a prayer one time, invite him into a moment. We invite him in to go, God, you know what? The truth is, is I know you saved me, but I still need saving. Every day I have to wake up and decide, you know what, am I going to live for myself today or am I going to lay down my rights? Am I going to surrender my all and say, God, I am living for you? He says to be filled with the fruit of righteousness. To be filled with the food. Here's the reality. You can't be filled up if you're already full. Some of us, the reason why you're not experiencing all God has for you is because you're relying on the resource to fill you up and you're coming to God going, God, I just need you to be my sidekick. I just need a little bit of you, God, because I already got what I need. Resource. God says, no, 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 it's not how it works. You're to empty yourself out so that I can fill you up. That every day, it's a denial. It's denying yourself, taking up your cross daily and following him. And so if you want to grow this year, it's not going to be about striving. It's going to be about abiding. It's not going to be about straining. It's going to be if you remain. Because do you know what you don't hear in a vineyard? The grapes that are being produced and the grapes that are growing, you don't hear them straining and grunting to try to get better. Because they know what you and I need to learn. The way you grow is you stay connected to the source. So this year, as you make New Year's resolutions, Stuart, you can come on up. As you make your resolutions, as you set your goals, as you make your decisions, as you give a word for the year, maybe for some of you, that's what it needs to be. Maybe it needs to be remain. I'm just going to sit. Now, what does that look like, though? How do we remain? Let me give you two ways. We remain in Christ through prayer. We remain in Christ through prayer. Prayer is our way of, of communicating to God, to inviting him into our world and saying, God, I, I, I want to know you. I want to I talk to you. I want to share the things that are on my heart. I want to praise you for who you are. I, I want to I pray. I want to I talk to you. Some of us make prayer too weird, okay? It's not just like praying before you eat, all right? It, it, it's, it's communication with God. It's a consistent heart, a consistent attitude of prayer. That's how you abide. That's how you remain in him. 
It don't have to be like stopping, you know, every five seconds and just hitting your knees and praying. That, that doesn't have to, it's just a conversation. Why? Because God is with you. It's simply going, God, I, in the middle of your situation, in the middle of things you don't understand, it's going, God, I need your help. That's a prayer. God, I don't, I don't know how to raise these kids. I struggle with that every day. I don't know how to not give my family the leftovers when I'm worn out. God, would you fill me up because I have nothing else to give. Help me remain in you. So you remain in him through prayer. And then you remain in him through his word. Psalm 1. Meditate on it day and night. Stay connected to God. Why? How? Through, through his word. That's, it's not a rule book. Sure, it has some things you can do, not do. That's not the purpose of it. And it ain't a, like, it ain't a self-help book, though it will help you. It's God's word breathed to you so that you can know him and so that you can make him known. So you spend time with him. That's how you get to know him. That's how you have confidence that you know he is faithful to finish what he started. Is you read the word and you get his promises. So that when you face things you don't understand, when you're in prison, when Paul's in prison, how, does he, how is he able to say this? How is he able to encourage people? How is he able to say, listen, actually what's happened is served out pretty well. Because now everybody around me, they got to listen to me talk all day. And I'm going to tell them about you. And now they're actually, they actually came to Christ as well. God will take what the enemy meant for evil and use it for good. So you got to spend time in his word. And so here's what I want to do. I just want to challenge you to do this together with me. Something I do every year, the front of the year, the 21 days of prayer. And this year I've kind of added to it. I would love to invite you for the next 21 days to spend intentional time every day in prayer. And then I, I want to invite you in to do something with us as a church. I, I just want to invite you to read the book of John. It's just the life of Jesus. It's just the life of Jesus. It, it, from when he was born and till he died, it's, it's, it's his life. It's the story. It's, and I promise you this, there may be parts of it that are confusing, but if you do it along with other people and with the help of the Holy Spirit, he will speak to you through his word promise no one has ever <laughs> that I'm aware of gone you know what I wish I wouldn't have spent so much time with God never no one ever goes you know what I just prayed too much I need to pray a little less no you know what everyone says man I wish I could just breathe and take a break I wish I wasn't so daggum tired all the time it's because you're straining and God's calling you to remain so for the next 21 days, we're going to read the book of John. You know why? Because John's got 21 chapters in it. So guess what the reading plan is? One chapter a day. Real simple. Hey, if you like have a hard time sitting down reading or whatever, like audio, version Bible app, look at the book of John. Put it in your car. It'll be 10 minutes. You'll have the whole chapter read. You can listen to it four or five times. I promise you God will speak to you through it. If you will commit this year to remain in him. So right now, I just want to, I want to pray for us. I want to pray the prayer that Paul prayed for the church of Philippi. But I also want to invite some of you to accept this grace for the first time. Maybe you thought like I did for so long that a relationship with God was all about what I can do for him. Did you know that God is so much, he is so much more pleased with his relationship with you over your productivity for him. 
He just wants to be with you. And so maybe for you, you believe that the key to growth, the key to faith, the way to heaven was by doing a bunch of good stuff. But there's a gap. And that gap is called sin. And God distributes his grace in your gap so that you can be set free from your sin. Not by your works so that no one can boast so that no one can become arrogant and say, I made it, I did it, I've arrived, but because Jesus paid it all on the cross for you and for me. And so today, if you wanna give your life to Jesus for the first time, I'm just gonna pray for us. And as I pray, I would love for just all of us to pray this together for the benefit of those who are coming to Christ today for the very first time. Can we do that? Pray this with me. Father, I surrender my life to you. I believe that you came down to earth, lived a perfect life, and died on the cross, resurrected from the grave, so that I could be set free. I give you my life. Let me pray this over you, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Father, I thank you for the decisions that were made in this room today. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that your word never returns void. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for forgiving me for my past. Thank you for promising me that you will continue to forgive me for my future. I stand on your promises today. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Hey, will y'all just stand with me and make a little bit of noise for everyone that decided to come to Christ today for the very first time. Let's sing this together. Thank you so much for listening to the message today. I hope it encouraged you. We would love the opportunity to pray for you. Send an email to info at renovation.church. And if you would like to partner with us financially and help us reach people with the message of Jesus, you can do so at renovation.church give. Have a great day.